to be seated. Amen. Well, good morning, Coastal Church. Thank you, Joel. I'm going to borrow this too, Joey. Can I take? Yeah, he's just staying too. Joel just gave me one. It's a well-organized machine up here at Coastal Community Church. Do me a favor, all right, if you have your... but Thank you, worship team. Great job this morning. And, and you got choir. Thank you, all right? Y'all sounded great. So uh, do me a favor. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans 12. And we're going to wrap up uh, the book of Romans here this morning. And uh, this morning, uh, and I'm kind of going backwards a little bit. I kind of saved a couple verses here in Romans 12 for uh, this weekend. And, um, and because we're talking about community. And so this morning uh, is an opportunity, actually, for you. Uh, it's an opportunity to, to do some really, uh, take some of the, the truths that we've talked about and, and intersect them with life. And it's a very practical application this morning. And my hope is, and our hope is this morning to actually get you out of here a little bit early. Uh, and much like we did with uh, our ministry fair, it's an opportunity to find a spot uh, to build some community. In fact, the men's retreat spent some time on this. How many of you guys went to the men's retreat this week? Raise your hand. Wasn't it great? I went Friday night. It was awesome. And uh, man, it really, really, thank you, uh, men's team, for putting that together. It was a great weekend. But uh, they talked about the importance of community. So this morning is about opportunity, okay? And I hope that, that if you're here and you haven't taken the opportunity that I'm going to talk about this morning, that you will consider this. Uh, one of the things that we do is twice a year we do a small group sign-up, and we ask our church to journey together through sermon-based small groups for six weeks twice a year. So the commitment level, what we're asking here this morning, is a six-week commitment, and I hope that you'll consider making that. Every year uh, here in the fall, since Pastor Jeff's been here, we do what we call our small group kickoff, and he always asks our small group leaders uh, to wear a football jersey to kind of so you'll know who the small group leaders are at Coastal Community. Community Church. And so uh, every year we've done this, I've never had a jersey, actually, my whole life. And I love sports. You guys know that. I tell plenty of sports stories. And, and I've never had a jersey until about a year ago. And, and in the last year, I've since gotten three sports jerseys. And they're all three special to me for various reasons. The first one is special to me because it was given to me by my precious wife, okay? And, and she gave me this one about a year ago. And uh, Seattle Seahawks jersey. She was my favorite team, okay, and and uh, she was kind enough and thoughtful enough to make sure she found the one that um, had my last name on it. All right, isn't that cool? What she didn't know is this is the kicker. Okay, this is the kicker of the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, or used to be, but. Hey, why are y'all laughing? You know, there's some kickers in our church community. You're laughing at them, okay? It's an important part of the team. All right, so this one, very, very special to me. Uh, the second jersey that I got, uh, I got this about a year ago on my birthday from the Coastal Community Church Men's Ministry. They got this for me at the retreat last year and presented this to me. Isn't this awesome? Isn't that cool? I'm waiting for some of the other ministries at Coastal to step up. You know, that's what I'm waiting for. Way to go, men's ministries. They gave this to me last year at the men's retreat. And, and I told you guys uh, a couple weeks ago that I got to go with my boys to an Orioles game. And there's probably about just under 40,000 people there. And they were all dressed in their, we were all dressed in our, there was a lot of authentic, you know, genuine jerseys there. And it was awesome. And in fact, Pastor Jeff, he texted me in the middle of the game. And he said, I know you got good seats. I'm looking for you on TV. And I texted him back and I said, we're about six rows behind first base dugout, and I'm wearing orange. <laughs> kind of funny. Anyway, <clears throat> this last jersey is special to me because it's given to me by a very good friend of mine here in the, in the church family. And um, 
he actually came by my house a couple of weeks ago wearing this jersey, and uh, and so for those of you who don't know, that's the well, used to be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, my favorite football team, and. And he came by, and the reason this jersey means so much to me, and the person who gave it to me is this person is a is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, <laughs> and, um, and 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 by the way, so you know, you're allowed to attend Coastal and be a Steelers fan. Okay, we're okay with that here. So, um, but he came in, and the reason it meant so much to me that he came in wearing it is uh, I t- he didn't say this, but I him and I kind of had a quiet understanding that he understood as he wore this into my house, it was, a, it was a peace offering, and he understood, I think it was his admission that the referees gave away Super Bowl forty to the Seattle Seahawks, right? <laughs> I'm still bitter about that, all right? So uh, only the Steelers fans get the joke. Anyway... Um, <clears throat> But they're all three special to me, right? And, and, and what's really cool, if you, if you don't own a jersey, man, they're thick and they're heavy and they feel authentic and they feel genuine and they feel real, you know, I, I, and that's why I like wearing them. And uh, this morning, we're going to kind of wrap up this series, this letter uh, to the Church of Rome, and the Apostle Paul is describing for us genuine community, authentic community. And, you know, I was... As, as we're singing these songs this morning, there's a, and as I went through the retreat Friday night with the men, and, and there's, this, there's this longing in our hearts for genuine community. I think we know it to be true. We, we can't always put our hands around it. And, you know, a lot of our marriage, even in our marriage, you can get really lonely in your marriage, you know, and, you're, and there's kind of this longing. And, and going all the way back to creation in Genesis, when, when brokenness came on planet Earth, the first thing that happened was, you know, of the, one of the results of sin was the brokenness between man and God, but also the brokenness even in, in Adam and Eve's marriage, and there's kind of the separateness. And so part of what the church is doing here on Earth is, is restoring what was broken, this genuine community among one another. And it's very, very interesting in this letter to the church of Rome where the Apostle Paul has been hammering away on the gospel and how Jesus has redeemed us. He's bought us back. He's restoring us to the Father. The very first or very early on in the very practical application of what this means for us is community. In fact, chapter 12 is where this transition takes place from theology to practice, daily life. And we spent the last several weeks kind of unpacking the practical application, but I'm going backwards now because in verse 9, Paul begins to hit on, hey, listen, if the gospel sunk deeply into your heart, you got to live with other people in fellowship. You got to rub shoulders with other believers. You have to rub shoulders with other Christians. And at Coastal Community Church, our goal is to develop authentic followers of Christ. That's what we want for you. We don't want you to come in here on the weekend service and check a box and go home. We don't want you to walk in here and have problems and nobody know about it. We don't want you to walk in here and have ministry needs and nobody knows about it. Okay, we don't want you to walk in and leave and nobody really know who you are. And by the way, the last couple weeks, our tenants have been bumping along 900. Okay, 900, you can't know 900 people. The commands of what we're going to look at here this morning, you can't know them if all you do is sit in straight rows and face forward. And so we've developed what we think is a, is a vehicle to help fulfill the commands of this passage. Is it a perfect vehicle? Of course not. There's no perfect vehicle. But we want to encourage you this morning with an opportunity to fulfill these commands. And so we want to develop authentic followers of Christ. We do that in three ways. Number one, we want you to what, church? Connect, right? And then we want you to what? 
grow, and then we want you to serve. Connect by being in corporate worship. Grow by being in a small group ministry and serve by play, finding a place to give back both to the ministries of Coastal and the missions of Coastal, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, Paul writes this. He says, don't just pretend to love others. What's it say next? Really love them. I love that. I love the way the NLT says that. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Paul, I want to pull a couple points out before actually I'm going to turn a part of the service over to Pastor Jeff this morning. But Paul here says, first thing he reminds us is the importance of genuine love. Genuine love is real. The word genuine is the idea of, of without hypocrisy. Remember, you know what hypocrisy is, right? It comes from the root word hypocrite. And, you know, we use, hypocrite is usually applied to church people, right? But actually, the root of the word goes all the way back to right around Bible times. If you went to a drama, nowadays when we go to a drama, we go to the movies, right? And we watch some of our favorite actors and actresses take on characters, and they're just so good at it. I mean, how many times have you gone to a movie I, I, uh, that you almost forget the actors that are doing such a good job in character, you know? I remember the first time I saw the movie Rain Man, you know, and, and I remember I forgot I was watching Dustin Hoffman. I mean, I just was like, man, you know, he's just he's doing an incredible job, you know. And and and, and when a, but but in Bible times, if you wanted to represent a character, you would put a mask on, and the mask wearer was called a hypocrite. Okay, they were they were acting. And Paul says that in Christianity, our love for each other is not that way. It's not a fake love. It's a genuine love. We're not acting things out. And, and the reason we're not acting things out with one another is because the gospel of Christ is sunk deeply into our hearts, or at least should have. In 1 John, the Apostle John talks about loving one another this way. In 1 John 4, 19, he says, We love each other because the people we love are lovable. Is that what it says? And we love each other because the people we surround ourselves, we really like them. Or they give back to us. Or they fill a need of mine. No, John says if you're only going to love others if the gospel message is sunk deeply into your heart. We love each other. Why? Because God loved us when you were not lovely. In fact, when we, as we unpack the letter to the Romans, God loved you when you were in complete rebellion to the things of God. And so John reminds us, man, we, it, if you, and I wish I had time, I'd go through the letter of 1 John, but it pretty closely equates your love for God to how much you love his children, right? How much you love others. If I were to, <clears throat> if I were to say to you 1 Corinthians 13, now some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's some of you who go, oh, that's the 1 Corinthians 13. What is that, by the way? It's the love chapter, right? So some of you do know that. It's the love chapter. And where do you usually hear 1 Corinthians 13 read besides church? Okay, where do you usually, where? At weddings, right? Very interesting. Did you know that 1 Corinthians 13 is actually written to a church? The church is called Corinth, okay? And by the way, um, the church of Corinth was a mess. I mean, they had all kinds of problems. In fact, I hear this a lot. Being a pastor, you know, my, my ear is always attuned. I always love when I'm at like a restaurant or a coffee shop and I hear people talking about God or church. And they don't know I'm sitting there. And I just kind of like, what are they saying, you know? And, and sometimes when I get to overhear, you know, I hear this, well, I, I left that church because that church is having problems. Have you ever heard people say that? Right, that church having problems. 
I got to tell you something. The entire New Testament is written because the church was having, guess what? Problems, right? I mean, you know why? The church is full of people, okay? And people are broken, and churches have problems. And so the church of Corinth was having all kinds of problems. I mean, they were, there was sin in the camp, and there was, you know, the people were messed up, and they didn't like each other that much, and they were choosing which leader they were going to follow, and just all this mess after mess. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they're fussing about which, which gift is the best gift in the body. Man, I love this gift. And they, you know, this person speaks in tongues. This guy preaches good. And they're going through all these spiritual gifts in the church body, and they're fighting about it, okay? And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the ver- verse 31, he says, he says, he challenges, he says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And he unpacked previously what that was. But then he says this, but now let me show you a way of life that is what? What's it say, church? Best of what? Best of all. Let me show you a way of life is best of all. And he starts talking about the gifts. He says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but I didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Can you imagine singing the stand this morning and all we had was Nick hitting the cymbals, right? It'd be, it'd be off. He's got a great gift, but without the other gifts, it does, that's one of the beautiful things about music, right? It takes a whole bunch of gifts to make any sense. Any one of them left alone doesn't make any sense. He says you'd just be a beating on a gong or cymbal. Verse 2, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans, I possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others. I would be what, church? Nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor, and I even sacrificed my body, and I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now let's go to the wedding passage. Which, by the way, again, this is not written about a wedding. There's nothing wrong with that context, and you can always apply this to marriage, no doubt about it. This is written to a church body. This is written to a group of people trying to live in community. By the way, what do you hear in the word community? Common what? You you guys don't know, okay? It's common unity, right? Trying to live in community together. That's where this passage is written. So church as a whole, I can look at you and I can address you and say, here's the chapter for us. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Does not demand its own way. Does that sound like community life in a church? I didn't get anything out of that this morning. Maybe it was for somebody else this morning. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wronged. How many of y'all in this room have a record of wrong about your church community that probably needs to be buried somewhere? Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It always hopes and endures through every circumstance. Paul says, church, and by the way, these are two letters that Paul wrote, Romans and Corinthians. He says, church, you need to genuinely love one another. The second thing I believe this passage in Romans 12 teaches is that if we're going to have genuine love, it has a family feel to it. He says, love each other with a genuine affection. I love that word, affection. Be affectionate towards one another. 
we're being encouraged that our, our love has a kind of a kindness to it, a family feel. And I, one of the things I do in premarital counseling when I'm counseling a, couple, a young couple about to get married, I said, listen, you got to know this. Okay, no one else is going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you the truth. When you marry this person that you love so much, you're marrying the whole family. You got to know that, okay? You're marrying the crazy uncle and the sibling, you know, and the grandparents. And, and, and by the way, it's the same thing in church life, okay? Coastal Community Church has a crazy uncle and the sibling no one's talking. Like, and if you're sitting here going, I don't know who the crazy uncle is. It could be you, okay? You might be the crazy guy, and we love you, and we're thrilled that you're here, okay? But it has a family feel to it. And families, they commit, right? You're committed, if no other reason, because you share the last name. It's just the nature of being a family. You're committed to one another. It's the same thing in the church. And families fight and have a disagreement. Of course they do, but they work through it. Why? Because they're family. And Paul says, man, we have a genuineness to one another, a genuine affection, and we're really glad you're here kind of feel, okay? And so Paul says, genuine love, man, we have a genuineness, a family feel, but genuine love also delights in each other. There's a, there's a particular delight. In fact, uh, uh, the, the word take delight actually means that we should outdo one another in honoring each other. So the word delight is to outdo one another. We delight in each other. You know, I was looking up some synonyms for the word delight. Here's some synonyms, ready? Enjoyment. Happiness, pleasure, gladness. Let me read that list to you again. These are synonyms for the word delight. Enjoyment, happiness, pleasure, and gladness. Let me ask you guys something. Does that sound like the words that describe most churches you know? Right? No. All right? And one of the things I've always appreciated about Coastal <clears throat> is, uh, unless it's an evening service, then I don't appreciate it. But you guys love to hang out. I mean, I've always seen that. Like, the service is over. I remember uh, before I came here, I was in a youth pastor in a church in, in Georgia. And, and, and when that church service was over, it was like someone yelled, fire, man, that, you know, and they were just gone. And one of the things I've always loved about Coastal Community Church is like, you guys, it seems like you genuinely like to hang out. And if it's an evening service, sometimes I got to turn the lights out so everybody will just go home, okay? So, and, 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 but man, that's cool. And I love that. I think there's a family feel to that. But imagine if we upped it a notch. Imagine as a church, we, we read this command of scripture, say, you know what, because the gospel sunk deeply in our hearts, we want to take it up a notch. Imagine if, if on top of delighting in one another, we, we upped it a notch and we said, you know what, not only are we going to delight in each other, but man, we're going to walk, walk in on a weekend service. We're going to walk around our ministries. We're going to walk around our smugglers and we're going to look for opportunities to honor each other. We're going to look around and go, wow, that's an amazing person. You know, we, we had some real relationship this week at the men's retreat. I was talking to one of our church members, and we were sharing our personal struggles of, of, of the discipline of prayer, right? I thought that's what the preacher got paid to do. Like that, and I said, I, that's a tough discipline for me. It's one I've always had to work at. But I said, listen, our body is filled with some prayer warriors. And I started pointing to Marty and I started pointing to John Lindstrom and some other people. I said, these people, man, are part of our body. And we, you know, we need to lean into them on these gifts that they've had because they're a gift of the body. And people that are prayer warriors, like I go, wow, that's pretty cool. Thank you, God, for sending them to our body to teach us on this area. 
I'm wild. I'm wild by those of you who, who give regularly of your time in kids' ministry. You're back there on the floor with a bunch of toddlers week in and week out so the parents can come in here and hear the word of God and sing corporately. I don't like kids, right? And so those of you who do, I'm like, wow, that's really cool, right? I'm wild by some of you, you know, that, that, that uh, and, and nobody sees it, but I, I catch, it catches my eye that, that when the service is over and there's different, different members here at the church, that you'll go and you'll grab the trash bags and make sure they make their way out. Nobody sees that. And I go, wow, man, that's really cool. Thank you for being a part of the body. Imagine if we upped it a notch and we all walked around as a community and we said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to try to literally outdo one another in giving honor to each other. Could you imagine that kind of church? It'd be incredible, right? That's what Paul says. And when you honor each other, you appreciate and you admire each other. Third th- second thing Paul says here is to show hospitality. Romans 12, 13 says, when God's people are in need, Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality, to be hospitable. That means sharing with the needs of a brother or sister in Jesus Christ. When somebody else has a need, you're there to meet it. I had the opportunity last week to, um, before I went to the men's retreat, to just drive by the house of a church member who just had surgery this week. And, And listen, when we have this many people, I don't always know when people are having surgery. I can't keep up with all of that. But I went by this person's house because they're a neighbor of mine and just prayed with them. And I found out that the, there was a part of the church body here at Coastal that organized making sure this family had meals. I had no idea. I was like, cool. This is a church body showing hospitality. And guess what? At Coastal Community Church, if you have a need, we want it to be known and to be met. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not going to happen in corporate worship. Just too many faces. And that's why at the end of this, we're going to give you an opportunity to be a part of a small group. Because there's got to be people in your life that you rub shoulders with it. And I can guarantee there will come a moment in your life where you're going to have a need. There's going to come a moment in your life where the burden is too big to be borne all by yourself. And if you don't know anybody, you don't have anybody praying with you and encouraging you and maybe helping bear the burden of yard work and other things, there's going to come that moment. And if you are not in a small group, you're going to look at Coastal Community Church and go, well, they didn't meet my needs. And I would challenge, I would push back a little bit and I would say, you know what? It's because you didn't take a step, the opportunity to get to know some other people and be in a small group. There might be a small group out there this week that needs you to be there to help meet their needs. But there's some needs not being met because you're not a part of it. Paul says you've got to show hospitality. And then finally, Paul says to live in harmony with one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, live in harmony with each other. Live in harmony with each other. You know what living in harmony assumes? It assumes you really love people. It assumes you really love people. It assumes that you don't simply walk into corporate worship and walk out. It assumes that. It assumes that you're getting to know other people. It assumes that you're going to get to know some people that are, that are funny and fun to be with, and, and you're going to get to know some people that are kind, and you're going to get to know some people that are joyous and giving and generous and share common interests with you. It assumes that you're going to get to know some people that are moody and difficult, and disagreeable, and opinionated, and broken, and needy, and do life different than you. That's what it means to live in harmony with each other. 
By the way, when we do music, right, what is harmony? Is it everybody singing the same note? Is it? No, it's blending it together for something beautiful. And it assumes that you're going to live in harmony with others. I'm about to turn this over to Jeff. He's going to present us with an opportunity, but here's my challenge. We just went through some very applicable verses in the Gospel of Romans, or in the letter to the, uh, Paul to the Romans. A couple weeks ago, my friend Alistair <clears throat> preached, and, and he challenged us with, you can't just come in and leave and not be changed. I want to challenge you this morning, if, if you're here and this is your church home, Part of your church attendance is just attending and leaving. I want to challenge you. There's another step to take. I want to challenge you to change because these verses that we looked at cannot be lived out living in straight rows facing forward. Now, is corporate worship a big part of what we do? Absolutely. 100% yes. But if that's where your pursuit of God and Christ stops, I want to challenge you. There's another step to take, and that's living in community. That's rubbing shoulders with others. And so this morning, I want to challenge you with this. If it's been a long time or you've never done it, I want to challenge you, get into a small group. And the commitment level at Coastal Community Church is six weeks. Give it a shot for six weeks, and I can almost guarantee you it will change your life. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jeff. He's going to give us some details on how you can be a part of a small group ministry at Coastal Community Church. Man, I, I love the idea of community. Uh, it, is, it is so cool, and it can also be intimidating. And so I hope to, uh, for just the, the few minutes we have left, I hope to put some of those, um, those aspects at ease in your mind. Um, I, I've studied a little bit of um, a guy back in the um, early, I think about 1200s, St. Patrick, and he had a really cool way of uh, basically uh, sharing the gospel and his idea was belonging and believing. And he felt like that's important things to do together. You need to belong to community in order to believe. Sometimes one comes before the other, but it is such an important aspect of, of, uh, of small groups. And so sometimes in church life, we toss around this, this term small group. And it can be a, a little daunting, a little freaky, actually. And uh, so let me assure you... Um, None of our small groups uh, sit around in a circle, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. So that is not small group. Um, so what is a small group? Let me give you a, a definition just to help put your mind at ease. A small group is a personal-sized gathering of people that engages and interacts with one another and with God wherever they are in their faith journey. So our small groups are going to be made up of people that uh, probably have been to seminary or should be going to seminary or just have been walking with Jesus for a long time and have that relationship with, with God. Um, and that's, again, the, the beauty of putting, of blending these things together. And, and we hope these small groups have people that are just trying to investigate, who is this Jesus? And, and, uh, and we hope, why does, uh, do the people that call him friend and savior, why are they different? And let me be a part of that. So, uh, we want there to be uh, both aspects in a small group. Um, some of you may have, have heard me describe this, so we want it to be uh, it, um, we want it to be a really ba balanced and um, a, a group of people that intersects a couple important things. Number one, we want it to have um, scripture. We want you to uh, to really 
uh, look into the Bible. Uh, now, if you do only scripture knowledge, and that's what the, the whole thing the group is set up on, basically you have a seminary class. That's not bad, but that's not all that we're supposed to be, I don't think. Now, if you go to the other side, the other thing we want to intersect with is um, life together. We want to walk life together. If you do only, you get together and you talk about only life together, what do you end up having? You have the Dr. Phil show, and we don't want that either. So we really try for small groups to be a place where, no matter where you are in your faith journey, that life and Scripture intersect in order to know God deeper. So um, we're not trying to do a program. Uh, I think as we look through Romans 12 here, uh, we really are trying to carry out what what, um, God has called us to do as followers of Jesus, and we want to develop as authentic followers of Christ. Um, so one of the daunting things, that even as I was sitting here looking at that, we talked about the love chapter. Um, we talked about the different, um, different parts we play in the body of Christ. And it talks about um, you know, one of the things we said, you know, get to know each other. And, and even as we have these things set up, go meet these small groups. I, I've had this on my heart for about the last month or two. Is um, Sometimes I feel like church is set up for uh, the social, friendly, outgoing people. And, and I'm one of those. And so I don't have any problems. So if you don't feel very outgoing, come and talk to me. I'd love to talk to you. But the, uh, uh, sometimes I think we, uh, the people that you might be shy or quiet or just really thoughtful and contemplative, and, and that's the fullness of the body of Christ. And we need all of that. And so um, please don't let that be a hindrance to, uh, to really engaging in community life. Um, I think, you know, what Sean taught us this morning is it doesn't matter about your personality. It doesn't matter about uh, your makeup. It matters about, about uh, journeying on this faith journey together because all of us make up the body of Christ. Um, so today, like Sean said, we're asking you to commit to six weeks uh, pursuing this faith journey with a group of people. Um, and the, the cool thing about this commitment, at week five, your small group leader will kind of guide you and instruct you and say, Okay, do you guys want to continue meeting? And if so, what's that going to look like for another period of time uh, until February when we do another six-week thing? And so they'll kind of guide you for that. And maybe that's a season you're like, no, holiday's coming up. That's okay. I'll, uh, I'll wait until February, and that's great. So all we want six weeks. And again, our desire for doing it this way, the way we have it set up, is uh, number one, unity. We want everybody starting at the same time. We want everybody, uh, all of our small groups are doing sermon-based right now. So you listen to the message, you engage with the scripture, the passage that's uh, talked about. You talk about what's uh, challenged you or maybe what uh, you didn't agree with, and that's okay. That's what you do in community life. And, um, and so on those six weeks, uh, we, we all do the same thing. It's incredible the unity we have here. And also, if you think about new people, uh, if you're fairly new around Coastal, uh, it's hard to connect unless we're all starting at the same starting place, and that's why we do it this way. Um, so the, the other thing I really want to bring to your attention, uh, one of the main obstacles are for people connecting to a small group. Uh, our um, young families have some of the toughest time. We at Coastal, Sean and our elders, our leadership here at Coastal, we are so uh, passionate and convinced that this is what, uh, one of the main steps that it looks like to develop as an authentic follower of Christ. We want to try to remove that obstacle for you if, uh, um, if children uh, make it a little more challenging to be involved in a small group. The way we're going to do that is uh, we are going to offer child care reimbursement. And uh, so uh, that way you can 
keep your, uh, you know, your kids can stay in their routine, especially young kids. It is so challenging. They can stay in their routine. They can stay home and get their homework done. You don't have to uh, worry about uh, meal times being disrupted. And um, uh, so that's a, a great opportunity to just uh, uh, let them stay there in their home and then uh, you guys participate in a small group. And so um, all the small groups will have these uh, child care reimbursement cards that gives a little more instruction on how to do that. And you can ask the, the small group leaders on how to do that. But that's how important we think this is, is we want to, uh, uh, to help you with that, uh, to take that obstacle out of the way. So um, there are three main types of groups. And you, you may have noticed um, uh, there's a menu. I call it a menu in your bulletin and kind of that's uh, two-sided. One side has it in the types of groups, men's, women, and mixed. The other side has it on days of the week. So you can kind of match what works best for you there. Um, men's and women's groups are exactly what they mean. Mixed, just so you know, uh, that means there are uh, men, women, young, old, single, married, divorced. But it's a mixed group of, of people. And so uh, that's really what that means. And uh, we do, uh, man, we have some uh, regional-based groups that are, are, are really good to have because they're handy. We have a, a new group and mixed group in Williamsburg. We have one in Gloucester. Um, and so kind of look for some of those. And then the, the college groups uh, will be right up in here. We have uh, mixed college groups, some on Thursday morning and one on Sunday night, and then also a, a college women's group that out, out at the women's table. So when we get done here in just a second, uh, I want you to take your time and would love for you to meet the, the small group leaders. So if you're a small group leader, most of them should have a, a jersey or a team type of shirt on. If you could stand up if you're a small group leader or a representative today. Okay, so look around, and you see some of them back by the back wall already, and there's some out at the tables and the men's and women's groups already. Uh, so those are the people you're looking for. Just walk up and ask them questions. They're, they're ready for that. And so um, if you guys want, actually want to go ahead and head back and grab your clipboard, and they'll be waiting for you. Um, so the men's are on this side out in the atrium. The women's are on that side out in the atrium. And then the mixed groups are all in here. We'd love for you to, um, to engage with that. Our small group discussion questions that are based on the sermon are available really quickly, quickly in a few, may, few main ways. They're typically at the Connect Center. They're online if you watch the sermon on video. So if you miss a week, you can grab it. And we also have a Coastal Questions blog that we're putting on our Facebook page. So you can get the questions that way. So you can always, um, you can always be engaged with that. Even if you aren't able to attend the service, you can still watch it and get the questions ready. So... Hope that's a good intro to our small groups and these leaders. If uh, you have any questions about that, would love to answer those questions. And uh, so we are really excited to help you get plugged in and uh, journey in this faith journey together in community, just like we've uh, discussed this morning. So uh, now is our offering time, and uh, so uh, we'll have our offering, and then uh, we'll let you go talk to these small groups leaders. So let me. Uh, by the way, if you're visiting with us today. Offering is just an aspect of worship that we do here at Coastal. Please do not feel obligated in any way uh, to give, but if you want to participate in worshiping God in that way, we'd love for you to. And uh, so that's what uh, the offering part of our service is for. So uh, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for... God, thanks for your design. Um, your design for us in doing, uh, in journeying in this lifetime together. And you created us not to go through this isolated, not to go through this journey alone. And so um, uh, thank you for uh, the, the many different ways that you have created each of us and that 
through creating us in that way, you have made us um, uh, one body, the body of Christ, with all these differences, and it's really a, a beautiful thing. We uh, need every person to be a part of that, so thanks for the way you have done that. God, as we uh, bring our offerings before you right now, thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given us, and we just want to uh, worship you through these and um, pray that uh, just through these resources that your name would be glorified and, um, and we would continue to, um, uh, to bring uh, the name of Jesus Christ uh, before every tribe, tongue, and nation and uh, that you would uh, multiply these gifts in that way. So we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.